Okay, good afternoon, everyone. This is Judge Lopez. Today is March the 8th. I'm going to call the 115 case, which is the case of Alex Jones. Let me take appearances in the courtroom, and then I'll go on the phone. Next, the line is completely unmuted. I'm going to ask everyone to please take a look at your phone and place it on mute. I'm going to try my best to keep the line unmuted. Um, we'll see how that goes. Good afternoon, Your Honor. Jason Ruff and Howen for the U.S. Trustee's Office. Okay. Good afternoon to both of you. Uh, Ms. Driver, I see you there. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Your Honor. Vicki Driver here with Crow and Don Levy on behalf of Mr. Jones. Okay. I see various members of the committee. Let me go ahead and take an appearance from the committee. Good afternoon, Your Honor. Sarah Brown or Aiken Dump on behalf of the committee. And with me is my partner, Catherine Porter. Okay. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Your Honor. Marty Brimage with Aiken Gump here also on behalf of the committee. Good okay. afternoon. Good afternoon. Okay. Ms. Hardy, I see you there. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Your Honor. Jennifer Hardy of Wilkie Farm on behalf of the Texas Plaintiff. Okay. Mr. Chappell, I see you there. Good afternoon. Do you wish to make an appearance? Good afternoon, Your Honor. Ryan Chappell on behalf of the Connecticut Plaintiffs, and I also have Mr. Kyle Kepler and Ms. Eleanor Sterling as well. Okay, good to see both of you. Good afternoon. Mr. Jordan, good afternoon. Yeah, Mr. Jordan, we can't hear you. I was just giving you the option, not a requirement. Okay, there we go. I'm sorry, James. No worries. Oh, yes, Anyone else wish to make an appearance for purposes of this hearing? Okay. Uh, let me, uh, committee, I should say, we're here on an emergency motion of the committee um, to compel the filing of amended schedules and statements. So it's filed up by the committee. So I will turn things over to the committee. Uh, thank you, Your Honor. This is Catherine Porter. I will be appearing for the committee on, uh, in respect of this motion. Okay. Um, the motion is largely consensual and no opposition has been filed, but I would request the opportunity to address the court briefly as we believe that the relief that is requested in the motion is of great importance to creditors in this case. Okay. May I proceed? Please. Thank you, Your Honor. Uh, by the motion, the committee requests that the court enter an order fixing a deadline of March 24 of this year for Mr. Jones to file amended statements and schedules that are both complete and accurate. And to the extent that any information remains incomplete in such amended schedules and statements, requiring that the amended schedules and statements include a declaration for any information that remains incomplete uh, with a reasonable description of any efforts to obtain the relevant information and the reason that the information or value cannot be ascertained or estimated. We seek this relief at this juncture in the case because the committee believes that it is necessary for the court to set clear and unambiguous deadlines for Mr. Jones to file complete and accurate schedules and statements and to establish procedures designed to ensure that the disclosures comply with the applicable rules. The committee has been concerned for some time about the need for threshold financial disclosures for Mr. Jones and the lack of meaningful progress in the case as a consequence of the lack of such disclosures to date. 
Mr. Jones chose to commence this bankruptcy process, and if he wishes to avail himself of the benefits and protections that are afforded by bankruptcy, the committee contends that he must also meet the burdens that are required by Chapter 11, and those duties include the obligation to prepare, complete, and accurate schedules and statements. As set forth in our motion, and as this Court is well aware, the duty of a debtor to make complete uh, and financial disclosures at the outset of a case is crucial to the proper functioning of a bankruptcy case, and creditors necessarily rely on the information contained in these disclosures. Uh, Mr. Jones has twice requested extensions for the deadline to file his schedules and statements, which the Court granted, and the Court ultimately set the extended deadline to February 14, which was a date that Mr. Jones' advisors indicated at that time would allow sufficient time to prepare the disclosures, not to start to prepare them. The committee did not object to the extensions at the time that they were requested, although the committee did have concerns and ultimately did submit a statement in Reservation of Rights expressing its concerns about the need for complete and accurate disclosures and about the inevitable delays in the case that would result from extensions. Unfortunately, despite the extensions, the schedules and statements that were filed on February 14th are facially deficient. I believe this point is not in dispute. The committee corresponded with the debtor about the need for amended disclosures in advance of the filing its motion, and the debtor conceded that the schedules and statements require substantial amendments, and also indicated that the amendments could be prepared by the March 20, by March 24th. Um, that was a timeline that the committee believes was longer than was really appropriate, but that is the relief that we requested in the motion, uh, uh, out of deference to the debtor's counsel's request that. Um, and the amended schedules of statements be due on that date. The committee understands that the debtor's amendments are already underway and is hopeful that the next round of disclosures will be complete. Nevertheless, at this stage in the case, we believe that it is critical that such amendments be subject to clear deadlines and subject to clear rules to facilitate complete and accurate disclosures. The relief that is requested in the motion is designed to ensure that the amended disclosures are not deficient, or if they are, which again, we hope they won't be, um, to illuminate the reason for such deficiencies. Uh, since we filed this motion, we have corresponded with the debtor's counsel, who expressed some concern about the declarations requested in the motion, and we invited counsel to suggest some sort of modification or accommodation to the relief request in the motion, but we have not received any response um, on that point. To be clear, we are not requesting a call log of every outreach effort or um, as an unduly burdensome declaration, but rather a reasonable explanation of efforts that are undertaken to obtain any information that is not ultimately disclosed in the amended schedules and statements. Uh, likewise, we don't intend to impose unreasonable deadlines. We would be willing to agree that the disclosures um, that the declaration that we ask for in connection with the disclosures be delayed by a few days, if that would be, if that would help counsel to the debtor to prepare the declaration. And again, we offered this modification to Mr. Jones's counsel last week, but we have not received a response. But ultimately, our view is that the concept of a declaration describing efforts to complete the disclosures, um, to the extent that the amended disclosures remain incomplete, is essential at this juncture. And we believe that such a requirement may prove to be the keystone to distinguish the forthcoming amended schedules and statements from the February 14 disclosures that were themselves submitted on a time frame 
had been agreed to by the debtor and ordered by the court, but which did not result in adequate disclosures. The case has now been pending for more than three months, and while some professionals have agreed to take on this case on a pro bono basis or on a reduced fee basis, others have not, and it remains true that fees are mounting in two parallel bankruptcy cases and that the cumulative fees are eating into recoveries that should be available to the committee's constituency. Uh, that's one of the many reasons why the committee believes that the delay in time is a serious point of concern and that we cannot wait indefinitely for threshold disclosures and for the case to begin in earnest. So for the reasons set forth in our motion and in these brief remarks, we would request that the court grant the committee's motion and enter the proposed order at docket number 189-1. I'd be happy to answer any questions the court may have. I have no questions. Thank you very much. Let me Thank hear. Um, I'll start in the courtroom. Uh, let me just hear from the United States trustee. Any thought? Uh, well, just a couple of comments, Your Honor. Okay. We, we don't oppose what is being sought here. Um, with that being said, however, it was a bit disheartening to see what we did get filed as far as the schedules and what was in there and what was not in there. And also the lack of efforts taken to ascertain what the debtor has and to report them on the schedules. Um, you know, we, we are, it's the, the constituency of the unsecured creditors committee that is, is, has the most to gain or lose in these matters. So we are, you know, deferring to their desire to seek to compel. But, you know, the bankruptcy code and the bankruptcy rules and this court's orders entered already, already set forth deadlines for them to file complete and accurate schedules. So, like I said, it's a shame that we're here, given from where we've come from. And uh, we're hoping that, you know, that this will turn around. We had to continue the 341 hearing to... Uh, the end of the month, so... The end of this month? What's that? The end of this month? The end of this month, okay. March 30th, Your Honor. And um, assuming that the schedules are amended uh, by as as intended by the March 24th date, that will still allow parties and interests, you know, a fair amount of time to be able to review them. So as far as the time frame, I think it works. But um, I just wanted to express at least... Our, our view that uh, it, it is disappointing that, that we're even at this point, quite frankly, given everything that's been said in this case, the importance, the known importance of these disclosures, which are important not only in this case, but in every bankruptcy case. That is the, the bargain. You get to get your fresh start and you get relief under the bankruptcy code, but you have to disclose and you have to make a good faith effort to disclose. And... Um, you know, the, the efforts that were made, at least in, in my opinion, humble opinion, were were just not there, Your Honor. Okay. Thank you. Anyone else wish to be heard? Your Honor, it's Kyle Kempler on behalf of the Connecticut plaintiff. <clears throat> Can I be heard? Absolutely, Mr. Kempler. Good afternoon. So, thank you. Um, so just to give you the perspective of my clients, again, these are the, the Sandy Hook families that had brought suit in Connecticut and have about $1.4 billion of judgments against the debtor. Um, I'd echo what we just heard from the U.S. trustee. Uh, we're extremely disappointed. Um, I just want to give one example of that. Uh, the debtor listed eight different trusts that he has an interest in, uh, but the value of those trusts was listed as unknown. One of those trusts called the Missouri Trust. 
The debtor is the settler of that trust. The debtor is the beneficiary of that trust. The debtor's father is the trustee of that trust. That trust has paid very recently a million plus dollars for retention payments to the debtor's professionals. From my client's perspective, the notion that the value of that trust is not known and was not known three weeks ago, pretty hard to believe. Uh, my clients are not surprised. We've been litigating with the debtor for now five years. He's never complied with discovery obligations. He actively says to his audience that they should make donations to him so that those funds can be used to seek delays through legal proceedings. So this is not a surprise to us. We've seen this movie before. At some point, enough has to be enough. Um, I hope we don't have to be back here, Your Honor, on another extension or similar motion, but at some point, you know, I think my clients would say that there are going to need to be greater consequences, but I'm hoping that that day will not come. Um, Your Honor, unless you have any questions, that's all we wanted to say on this. No, thank you very much. Anyone else? Your Honor, I know you want to hear from everyone else first, so I just want to make sure I'm not uh, jumping in line of any no, other no, comments. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just going to speak. <laughs> yeah, no one's walking up to the podium, so I can't go in order. So I'm just, just as anyone wishes to be heard. No, I think everybody was, uh, I mean, I think everyone on the phone is on, in support of this motion. We, we certainly were before it was filed, but Sandy Hook has seven attorneys on the, <clears> on the uh, line. I want to make sure that every, all seven have a chance to speak before I get. No, you can speak. Why don't you go? Because I need to oh, hear from you. Thank you, Your Honor. I appreciate that. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, the uh, schedules that we filed, um, we worked from the moment they – we have been working since the moment this case was filed to get those completed. Um, this is the most disorganized financial trans financial case I have ever encountered, and I believe that I've heard the same from Mr. Schleiser and Mr. Kessler, who's been doing this twice as long. Um, and so it has been incredibly complicated. Um, one of the things that I would like to say is that um, for an unopposed motion, this is the most I've ever heard, and quite frankly, I've never been shamed by the U.S. Trustee's Office on a, on a public hearing. But I am shamed, and I hear it. Um, what I would like to say is that my office lost an associate. Um, there is a spring break coming up, um, and there were just multiple hurdles to cross. We have been undergoing what I would consider a yeoman's effort. If you look at our fee statements and you accept that we're not lying about our time, you know how much time we've been spending trying to do this. Um, so it is, it is very um, important for me to say to whoever's listening on this line, and especially to your honor, that um, the efforts that we have been undergoing are very, very robust in what is a very, very complicated case. Um, what I can tell you also is that we have uh, really feel like we've broken through a couple of layers of communication with uh, third parties that had information, um, and we really do feel like we're drilling down on the matter. Um, but it is just um, it's disheartening to me that we had to come on and, and, and say a lot of the things that we said here uh, that I'm sure will be repeated in the media. Um, because I agreed to the relief requested. Um, we, we had a very nice conversation where we agreed to March 24th as the uh, kind of the final amendment date. And uh, while I did not see what sort of piece they wanted in order until it was filed, 
Um, I understand they want a declaration, and I appreciate uh, giving me a few days after the schedules are filed to get that done. Uh, we're dealing with a three-person team at Blackfriar, um, and thankfully I've had a couple of associates from our Oklahoma office that have jumped in and are really helping with the document review and production. And just for the record, Your Honor, not, we're not just solely working on the schedules and statements, but we are reviewing an ocean of documents to respond to what is over 106 requests for production that have been in draft form that have been sent to us from the committee, and we are attacking this all at the same time. We also have a 2004 request that was filed in front of Your Honor that um, we are working to respond to by the end of this week. Um, candidly, um, we have been effectively drowned and overwhelmed by the multiple sets of lawyers for the same set of plaintiffs. Um, and so it is, um, I, like I said, I'm sufficiently shamed, I'm sufficiently admonished, and I believe that I am well aware of what the requirements are for the bankruptcy code, and I am well aware of the fact that there are amendments to make these schedules. As a matter of fact, what hasn't been told to Your Honor is that before the 341 meeting, the night before, I sent a written, a written statement of multiple amendments that we had identified since the filing, um, and that was sent out to uh, the U.S. trustee and the committee. Um, and so it, it – um, I believe that our efforts have been um, woefully underreported. Um, I believe that our efforts have been in good faith. Um, and it's just we have a client in this situation that just has very little knowledge of his financial background. And so while it would be really nice just to go to him and say, what do you own, it is not appropriate for me to rely on just what he says. I am looking for second-hand support for every fact in the scheduling statement. Um, because that is what I believe is going to be required by the people who, as Mr. Kempler sufficiently said, never believe a word my client says. So we are undergoing what is a very, very detailed analysis to get as much information as we can in these schedules, and it has taken longer than I anticipated. But we are absolutely hearing good faith and absolutely admonishing our client to the same. Well, let me just say this. and. I'm not here to question anyone's efforts and their hard work. I fully understand folks have been working incredibly hard on the schedules and uh, I'm speaking of you, Ms. Mr. Ira. I don't, I don't question that. If you tell me you've been working hard, then um, you've been working hard. Um, we're still faced with the fact that I have a subchapter 5 case for an individual Right, and the case was filed in December on December second. Now we're approaching a hundred days into a case, um, and we still don't have kind of complete and accurate schedules, and that's the dilemma that we're faced with. And I'm sorry, Your Honor. Just, just, um, oh, excuse me, just an individual case, um, and. I apologize. I think we have to kind of figure out where we are in a. And I got to know if we have a case, and I keep saying that, um, but we don't have a case if there aren't accurate schedules, and so we're going to have. I need to understand if the debtor is capable of producing accurate schedules. That um, I gave an extra week extension. Um, at the time, because I wanted to make sure that there were 
complete and accurate schedules. I apologize. I was confusing this with the FSS case, which is related and put together. Um, but, you know, there's a committee involved. There are numerous creditors involved. Um, the process demands transparency. Um, schedules are to be filed to the best of one's ability. Um, so I'm going to grant the committee's emergency motion. I'm going to find that emergency uh, relief is appropriate. I do believe, um, despite it being uncontested, uh, I appreciate the comments from the committee as I needed to understand and I've got to find that there's an actual need for an emergency hearing uh, and the basis for the relief requested. So uh, I think the committee had to do their job and present a statement to the court that then I can then rely on uh, as to why um, the specific relief was requested and why certain relief was requested in the proposed order. Um, I'm going to make two tweaks to the order and I'm going to tell everyone why. Um, I'm going to extend the deadline to March 30th. I know you got a 341. Well, no. Yeah, I'm going to extend it to March 30th because you tell me you got a 341 at March 30th. I'm going to extend it to March 30th at noon. Okay? I'm going to give you as much time as possible. I will note, Mr. Reimer, that in every time this letter has asked for help, an application was filed, and I held that hearing as soon as I could, and um, relief has been granted. Um, I'm also going to uh, delete the paragraph requiring the declaration, and I'm telling you why, and I want the committee to understand why. Um, because if this, and I mean this, and I want the committee and I want professionals to really understand what I'm saying. This is not an opportunity to. Um, I've, I should say take advantage of the situation, but, but the reality is if, if, if we still have incomplete schedules that are clearly uh, not complete, I need to hold a hearing, and I need Blackbriar to come in here, and I need the debtor to come in here, and we need to have an in-person hearing where I can understand where we are, the efforts that have been taken, and where, where this case goes. So I don't, I'd rather you spend your time making sure that there are complete and accurate schedules. And I will tell everyone, I'd rather not hold the hearing. And I don't want to rely on declarations as to whether if there is, I think the debtor is going to have to come in and we need to have a conversation and I need to hear from the debtor and I need to hear from Blackbriar, I need to hear from the tax advisor, I need to hear from anyone who can tell me where the deficiencies are and the efforts that have been taken so that there's complete transparency in the process. And I would do this in any Chapter 11 case in which, you know, we were approaching four months and schedules had not been on file. I think, I think we need to know what's really going on. And I know everyone's working hard. I need to now understand more detail. And I hope we don't have to have the hearing. I hope the schedules are on file and we can take things up in the ordinary course other matters and proceed with the Chapter 11 case. Uh, but that's where, that's where we're going. I don't want, in other words, my concern is that the schedules get filed and there's a declaration and then, you know, there will be questions raised about the declaration. Let's just bypass all of that. If there are incomplete schedules, the data will know and I'll schedule a hearing and we'll have a hearing and we can all come in person and 
have a conversation about kind of where things are. And again, this is not to the purpose of the hearing will be solely to understand the efforts that have been taken in connection with the schedules, um, what any issues that remain outstanding. Um, uh, but it's going to be a serious hearing if we have to have it, and I'm hoping to avoid it. Um, but if we have to have it, we'll have it, and we'll do it in short order. So, But I want the process to play out. I want schedules on file. I want you to have a 341 hearing. Obviously, I'm not involved in that. I don't know what goes on in 341 meetings or listen to them. Um, but I'll be able to look at the schedules myself, and I'll know if there's a real need for a hearing. And I may have questions myself. So, um, Mr. Driver, if you need additional help, file an application and get the help. Um, but, you know, we, we can't go six months and, you know, this can't drag into five, six months into a case without an individual that are not having filed their schedules. There has to be um, a point at which the case must be able to, to proceed, but there's too much triggered off of the filing of schedules and statements, inaccurate schedules and statements. But I do understand how serious they are. They're filed under penalty of perjury. So I, um, I understand the need for accuracy, and I respect that. But I think what I'm doing is trying to balance um, the interests of the committee, the transparency um, that the process requires, and as well giving the debtor every opportunity to file complete and accurate schedules and statements. So um, I made those tweaks. I hope the committee's okay with them, but I think um, I, I think it's necessary. So uh, I can make the changes. I'm just adding two days and, and striking one paragraph, but everyone knows um, if we still have a bunch of unknowns, um, and, Mr. Robert, that's not to say that you, you can't file declarations, right? You certainly can. I'm just not going to order you to do it. I'd rather you spend your time not preparing declarations, but knowing that there could be a hearing coming afterwards. So I'd rather you spend every moment in Blackbriar um, encouraging complete and accurate disclosure, because that's what the process requires. Ms. Brown, are you okay with that? Uh Thank you, Your Honor. This is Catherine Porter. Uh, the committee, um, thank, you for, thank you for granting the motion, and we are we accept the changes. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Mr. Rob, are you okay with that? Ms. Porter, I apologize. You, you know, I, you get into reading boxes. One of the problems with virtual hearings, you, you start reading boxes, and, you, and you, you, you have a name in your head, but then you read the box, and I apologize. I, I know you were conducting the It was hearing. very misleading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, Mr. Rob, are you okay with that? Yes. Okay. Yes, Your Honor. Okay. Can you hear me? Just fine. Thank you very much. Uh, anything else we need to talk about today? Um, Ms. Party, I didn't know if we wanted to just um, note for the record that one other thing that we've been working on and we've had just a great working relationship with um, the party is trying to um, work through the motion relief from stay that was filed on behalf of uh, some of the Texas plaintiffs. I think we are moving. We just wanted to alert the court that we are um, moving towards and through a potential resolution. And we will alert your honor if we receive one so that you can have that time back on your calendar. Okay, not a problem. And everyone knows just email Ms. Saldana and she'll get you a, a hearing date for that and we can talk about it. Okay.
Anything else we need to talk about today? I'll get this signed and on the docket. Thanks, everyone. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.